Welcome to the Quillette Podcast. My name is Claire Lehman and I am Editor-in-Chief of Quillette. Quillette is where free thought lives. We are an independent grassroots platform for heterodox ideas and fearless commentary. Our podcast is a team effort and is jointly hosted by myself, Associate Editor Toby Young and Canadian Editor Jonathan Kay. You can support our podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash Quillette and becoming a monthly patron. By becoming a monthly patron, you'll also receive our weekly newsletter. Welcome to the Quillette Podcast. I'm Jonathan Kay. This isn't usually known to be a food-oriented podcast, but this month in Canada, the issue of fast food, fried chicken to be exact, became big news when the Chick-fil-A chain opened its first restaurant in downtown Toronto amid scenes of protest. The reason for that protest is that Chick-fil-A is run by Dan Cathy, the son of Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy, both religious Christians. In recent years, the family and the company's operators have donated to a variety of socially conservative causes that oppose same-sex marriage and equal rights for LGBT people more generally, including, notably, the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. My initial plan for this podcast had been to head down to Toronto's inaugural Chick-fil-A restaurant, penetrate the protests, and go inside to ask Chick-fil-A diners and workers what they thought about gay rights. Unfortunately, the large protests had attracted mobs of customers, and the restaurant was completely lined out. So, instead of waiting, I went down the block and ate my chicken at a Korean restaurant called Hot Star. The chicken there was excellent, but the visit provided me very little useful journalistic information. Fortunately, in the days that followed, I was able to speak with Shane Winmeyer, the founder of a U.S. group called Campus Pride that advocates for gay students. Mr. Winmeyer has been critical of Mr. Cathy and Chick-fil-A, but he also has met Mr. Cathy and somehow become friends with the man. Over time, his approach to the Chick-fil-A controversy has become more nuanced than that of others. Here are excerpts from our interview. I learned that apparently this company... Chick-fil-A, am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, no, I believe Chick-fil-A is how we say it here in the United States, but I'm not for sure how they pronounce it in Canada. I've already alienated uh, most of my listeners. So Chick-fil-A, <laughs> F-I-L-A, they opened this big restaurant in Toronto, and there were all these protesters outside, and I found out that this restaurant, aside from being successful at selling people fast food chicken, apparently it has supported anti-LGBT charities Am I properly describing what the company's reputation would be in the United States generally? Chick-fil-A is a privately owned company. It's owned by the Cathy family. Um, it was started by their father, uh, Truett, who passed away pretty recently. And it is privately owned. It is founded on the founder's Christian values, um, which dealt with inclusion. They had many people of color over the, the history when racism was still very much an everyday thing. Um, they were hiring employees who were African-American in Atlanta. So the company has had a long history. And most recently, what people know about Chick-fil-A is the, you know, the drama and the news articles around the anti-LGBT giving. Back in the day, I used to work for Domino's Pizza. This is several decades ago. And I remember at the time, uh, the ownership of Domino's Pizza was controversial because, if I remember correctly, they were opponents of abortion. I think they were religious Catholics. Is this one of a, a series of controversies of that nature? I remember the people who owned Coors Beer got in trouble at one point for having conservative points of view. Does Chick-fil-A fall into that larger narrative? 
Well, I think in the United States, we've had a number of companies that have had checkered histories around giving. And even today, you know, in the LGBTQ movement, we have been highly critical of companies that may be public companies, but the, the CEOs give to certain political candidates out of their own, their own monies and so forth. So, yes, I do think you're correct that, you know, in the past, cores, um, dominoes, I mean, there's companies that kind of fly under the radar right now, like Zaxby's Chicken, which is a very conservative owner. So there's a lot of places that we shop and eat, you know, as an LGBT person myself, that you you have to do your homework and be comfortable with eating there and patronizing. For all the shortfalls in, in LGBT rights in countries like the United States and Canada, there are, are many other countries where LGBT rights are in, in a very primitive state compared to the way they are in the West. How come we don't see more protest of, say, Chinese-owned businesses or Middle Eastern-owned businesses? Well, I think you bring up a really interesting and provocative point, one that is oftentimes glossed over. And for whatever reason here in the state, and sounds like in Canada to some extent, from what I'm learning, we pick at or we choose what is closest to us to be able to rally around. And we forget about many other situations that are even worse or just as troubling. And I think that's one of my biggest criticisms of the news and of the what I would call, I guess, you know, left-leaning progressive news is that we don't really paint a full picture all the time. Um, instead, we just like to point out all the worst of the worst and not show any transition or any forward movement. For instance, in the discussion around Chick-fil-A, um, you know, Chick-fil-A in the, the last few years has also given to Covenant House. I don't know if you know in Canada what Covenant House is, but it's a homeless youth shelter. And it serves LGBT young people just as it does many other youth. And that's a part of the story that while we highlight all the anti-LGBT giving, that really has now come down to two organizations, one of which, you know, the Salvation Army has recently passed a policy that is inclusive, right? It has had a history that was anti-LGBT, but it has since, you know, made efforts to change that. And then the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which we forget that, Chick-fil-A stopped funding Exodus International. They stopped funding Focus on the Family. And then they have funded Covenant House, which is, you know, a inclusive homeless shelter for all youth, including LGBT youth. So that's one of the things I think your question is, is, is bringing up is that why aren't we, you know, look at these issues and the complexity that they are as opposed to black and white. And of course, when it comes to homeless youth, LGBT youth are overrepresented in that demographic. Yeah. And yet, and yet within, you know, I believe the last four or five years, I, I don't know that to be exact. I know they currently give, you know, money to Covenant House in Los Angeles and I believe in Canada. So I think that brings up a really provocative question when we are, you know, super critical of their giving around Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is pretty much what it's boiled down to right now. And what is the policy of Fellowship of Christian Athletes in regard to LGBT population? I don't speak again for the company, but I do know that Fellowship of Christian Athletes, their policy, as I understand it, is one where they don't allow people like myself who are gay to be scout leaders, or I don't think they call them scout leaders, but to be um, people who are in charge of the camps or the things that they do. So they don't allow that. They don't allow, I believe, same-sex relationships. So you would have to ask fellowship of Christian athletes 
if that's changed any or what their current practice is. The funding that that Chick-fil-A gave to Fellowship Christian Athletes, though, is, is not related to any of those functions. But that people don't really want to know what the giving went to. They just want to be able to say, well, that's anti-LGBT. I'm not buying their chicken, which people have the right to do that. I'm not arguing that they should see Chick-fil-A as LGBT friendly or inclusive. I just think it's more than just a black and white issue. Is there any evidence that the company discriminates in the day-to-day operation uh, vis-a-vis workers or customers? If you walk into a Chick-fil-A restaurant, uh, is there any manifestation of any kind of adverse policy toward LGBT? Not in my opinion. I I have been into a Chick-fil-A you know, probably a month and a half ago, and they treat me like any other customer. Actually, they're just as kind, if not more kind, <laughs> than most businesses out there. I mean, at McDonald's, I barely get a hello. At Chick-fil-A, they sometimes they even ask how my day is, right? Um, you know, at McDonald's, I get my food thrown at me through the drive-thru. And then, you know, that's one of the arguments that people make is that they're so friendly there, they must be up to something. Well, you know, for your listeners, you know, I run a national nonprofit organization for LGBT youth. And one of the reasons why I'm even talking about this issue is because I stood up to Chick-fil-A. And unlike many people on the left or right, I sat down and had conversations that have led to a more complicated view of the company. And again, like I said, I'm not saying that they are LGBT friendly, but I have approached, uh, there's a Chick-fil-A in West Hollywood, you know, about a year after, I think it was like 2014, 2013, I approached the operator there who is straight and has lots of gay customers in West Hollywood, as you can imagine, for those who are familiar with the area. And they did a fundraiser with us. And so Chick-fil-A is about the neighborhoods and the communities, is my understanding. So rather than just have a picket sign to actually go in and say, hey, will you work with us to do a fundraiser to raise money for homeless youth that are LGBT in our area? Chick-fil-A was there after the Pulse shooting in Orlando, the gay bar that had so many victims who were shot to death, this awful tragedy. Chick-fil-A was there the next day serving food to help the first responders and the families and people were there. You know, that was a gay bar. Your relationship, as you said, with Chick-fil-A originated when at at first you, you were quite vocal against their policies. And of course, you still have concerns about their policies, but you sat down with one of the owners, Mr. Kathy, and you at least were able to have a dialogue. In fact, at one point, I think that you brought your husband to a football game. It's it's called the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Yeah, my, my husband doesn't go to football games. Uh, but no, I went to the football game. Um, and people on the far left were like, oh, he bought you out. He's, you know, rich. And he you know, persuaded you with a football game. And I'm like, I'm a gay man, you know, take me to Broadway, take me somewhere like that. Don't take me to a football game if you're trying to persuade me. You know, I went because I wanted to get to know this individual as a person, not just as somebody who I have read about or heard about from other people. So it was about building a relationship. But yes, I did go to the Chick-fil-A Bowl, which is a football game. This is a tangent, but I know that Cameron, who's a gay character in Modern Family, uh, <laughs> was an offensive lineman in college. So that to me is a counterexample of um, <laughs> right. breaking the stereotypes. Right. I'm just saying like the left was very quick, many of which are my friends, 
uh, people I call friends, even though I don't necessarily have to agree with them all the time, you know, jumped on me for like, oh, you've been glamored by this man who's a, I'm like, no, no, we just went to a football game and, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it, but yeah. It's obviously, to my mind, a positive step that, that you two were able to create a dialogue. On the other hand, there are limits to dialogue. If somebody is a religious Christian in most mainline denominations, they, they really do place barriers on how gay people can participate in things like marriage. Is there just at some point a limit where you have to say, you know what, we're going to have to agree to disagree? And, and is that point a place where you can still be friends? If you read or if you listen to you know, what would be, we call progressive press or left-leaning press, you would think this person was a monster still and was hateful and that Chick-fil-A hates all gay people. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because I don't think that's the truth. I think that the company has a long way to go to be seen as an LGBT inclusive employer, but they don't hate or despise or they're not monsters. And we need to look at these issues in a very complex, complicated manner. I have never stopped being vocal um, and having my viewpoints. Dan has asked, you know, many questions uh, to understand my perspective, and I have grown to, you know, listen and understand his life and what he does and where he gives his money. And you know, he believes that no one should be homeless, and he believes that's true for LGBT people, right? Like at the end of the day, I have a choice between going to. Chick-fil-A or Chick-fil-A or however you pronounce it, um, and Wendy's or Zaxby's, but I need to be just as critical of Wendy's and Zaxby's and their owners as I am of Chick-fil-A. One of the consequences of social media seems to be this conflation of everyone who doesn't agree with you into one big evil mass. So people will talk about, I think they're called the Westboro Baptist Church, like a crazy homophobic outlet. They'll conflate that with something like Chick-fil-A, which is of concern to some LGBT people, but maybe a more nuanced situation. Do you see that as a problem in your advocacy that maybe sometimes people, they don't have a sense of scale about some of these people they're opposing? They kind of lump everybody into the enemy? Well, yes. And I think that's the world that I want to stop, right? Like that's what I, I want people to be critical thinkers I want them to do more than just share a news article that they don't even know where the source came from. We obviously know about politics and with the election in the U.S. and how Russia, and we know about how things are stirred up in order to create a narrative that may not even be true. And, and I think that's, that's ultimately you know, a world that I don't want to live in. Like, I want to live in a world where people are able to be free and be themselves and, you know, who can make up their own minds and be critical thinkers. And, you know, at the end of the day, I tell college campuses all the time because I get asked this question, you know, should we have Chick-fil-A on our campus? And, And I'm like, well, that's, you all decide that. I can tell you that, you know, right now there are students on campuses who see the Chick-fil-A, who see the Chick-fil-A symbol and the Chick-fil-A symbol is not seen as gay friendly, right? So if that's the case, then you need, to de- you need to decide whether or not you want Chick-fil-A to be on your campus, right? So, so people need to critically think about things and make their own choices as opposed to just clicking and picking a side because ultimately picking sides is not going to be a solution. And, you know, I think Dan has views that I don't agree with, but do we have commonality? Yeah, we both believe that 
people have the right to an education and students should have, be able to go to college. And, you know, Chick-fil-A gives a lot of money to its employees to go to college. I, we believe that, you know, homeless youth should have a home and, you know, poverty issues and, you know, Chick-fil-A believes in that. So can we find common ground and possibly grow from that same common ground in a way that we care about each other and that we learn and possibly could that lead to change? The, the quick news cycle that we're in doesn't have time for that conversation, right? They would rather paint a picture and put it out there and have people click on it. But that's the conversation. That's the work that I'm doing is that long-term work that at the end of the day may not lead in my lifetime to anything, but hopefully down the road it will. Shane Winmeyer, thank you so much for joining us on the Quillette Podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you would like to support Quillette, please consider becoming a patron. Head to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Quillette. If you haven't already, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Do you like what you're hearing? Perhaps you would like to read more about the issues in today's discussion. Head to Quillette.com where you will find more content. <laughs>